is the Ethos Clippers podcast coming at you on a Sunday evening after Los Angeles Clippers fall for the sixth straight game, and it is not good times right now in Clipperland. Brandon Marcus here. Hope you had a nice end to your weekend. I know that it was a rough end with the Clippers losing, but hope you had a nice weekend besides for that. And uh, let's talk some Clippers today. And of course, I've got my podcast host, Matt Matawarren on the line this evening joining me matt how goes it apart from uh, the clippers loss brandon marcus sports ethos clipper nation how the heck did we just lose six games in a row what's going on yeah it's not good you uh you and i were talking on friday i believe it was and i was telling you hey i got a game i'm broadcasting on saturday and just not gonna have time to do a podcast at all i said you can go solo and then you said how about let's do sunday after the game and normally we can't do after the game because I'm asleep, but it was a six o'clock game. So I said, all right, let's do it. Let's do it at 830. And you said it, it requires both of us to be on this podcast to discuss this losing streak. And I think you made a good call there. It, uh, it hasn't been good. And I was taking notes throughout the ball game and I was picking up some really good moments that I was getting ready to talk about um, during the game. I mean, specifically just random ones that I wrote down, like the Clippers had a nine point lead cut to seven and Ty Lue immediately calls timeout with about seven and a half minutes left to get Kawhi back in the game. And I thought that was going to be a huge pivotal moment where the Clippers didn't allow Atlanta to get back into the game. And then, of course, Atlanta goes on an 11-0 run, erases the 11-point lead, and then the Clippers just couldn't come up with the big shots at the end. And all they were doing was allowing space to Trey Young, and he was hitting floaters over Zoo, and Zoo wasn't able to come out and contest them because if he did, then there was a big man uh, slipping in underneath that was going to be there for a dunk. And we saw Kongu have... A couple of looks throughout the game, and same with John Collins. And Okongu, of course, had his one of his dunks blocked by Marcus Morris. But, man, it's not good. And uh, I think there's a couple of things that we have to talk about in this podcast. Um, I want to start with Reggie Jackson um, and him being benched for the second half and what that means for him and what that means for the Clippers going forward with their guards. And, Matt, all over Clipper Twitter – there's been talk about how this lineup of Reggie Jackson, Wall, Norm Powell just cannot continue. And um, Law Murray tweeted at halftime um, what the defensive uh, numbers were with those three. The Wall, Jackson, Powell lineups have been outscored by 38 points in 55 minutes this season. That's what he tweeted at halftime. And that includes a 21-8 to spurt in 7 minutes and 40 seconds of first half minutes. And so something needed to change, and that change was Reggie Jackson being benched. Now, you can say, well, maybe Reggie shouldn't have been the one that was benched. Maybe it should have been John Wall. Um, I think you and I both agree that Norm probably is one of those guys that has to be on the floor just because of his scoring ability. But I just wonder what this means for the team going forward because there was no Luke Kennard tonight, and there's a lot of talk about Kennard, Jackson, Wall, and Powell and how there's way too many guards on this roster. I don't know what this team's going to do forward. Do going forward. What are your thoughts? I'm thrilled you mentioned this. Well, not thrilled because we shouldn't have to talk about it. But yeah. it's exactly – it's the first thing I have on my list of notes too. Uh, so to go back to Friday when we were talking and, and, and you had your announcing to do, I didn't want to go on alone because all I would be doing – I, I do this thing on Sports Ethos called the Weird Al Index, and mm-hmm. Weird Al has a song called Something Tells Me You Don't Love Me Anymore. And I feel like that's all I would be singing about the Clippers. They haven't won in 2023. 
I don't know what's going on. And so I was talking to some buddies of mine in preparation for, for, for our podcast here. A lot of talk used to be about the bigs. Oh, is Zoo the only big? Do we need a backup? And no, my friend Adam actually said, and I thought I was like, this might be the name of the pod. The the guards must be crazy because the guard rotation, like you said, Reggie got benched. That three guard lineup is not working. Um, of course, Paul George was out. So when he comes back, it's going to be slightly different. Even looking at the starting lineup tonight with T-Man sort of running the point. I mean, there there wasn't really a guard out there out there to speak of with with senior and you could substitute that with PG. Uh, but I, I I do think something's really going to need to change in the guard perspective of this team because it's such an important position in this league right now, and we see it time after time after time. As much as we love Reggie, as much as we want Wall to succeed. As much as I love saying Norm, it, something's not working right now with that. And I don't know if one of them gets moved, if they just lose minutes to somebody like a Robert Covington or something, somebody longer and bigger, but it's not working right now. And yeah, the guards must be crazy on this team because that Norm, Wall, Reggie, Moses Brown, Kawhi lineup was terrible. Uh, I think that was in the second quarter. It was like one of the worst things I've seen. Yeah, and they got outscored by 15 points in the second quarter, and that was the game. I mean, the Clippers were down by 14 going into the half, and they ended up going up by two after three because they outscored the Hawks 35-19, but then they lost by six in the fourth quarter, and that was all she wrote. And it's interesting because you would think, okay, well, it's probably the bench that cost them in the fourth quarter, and that wasn't the case because the Clippers went on that um, run where they're up by 11 and they brought Kawhi back in when they were up by seven and they still blew it and with Kawhi on the floor and what's interesting and uh, do you want to talk first about the closing lineup or you want to talk about the starting lineup let's let's start at the beginning and we'll okay we'll go to the close okay so and I think they actually have to go they go hand in hand because you mentioned the Terrence Mann thing and the, so the Clippers end up starting T-Man along with Batum, Morris, Zoo, and Leonard. And what they have been doing recently is they've been starting Reggie Jackson and Paul George instead of Mann and Batum. Um, I like the idea of starting Batum because Batum gives you that defensive presence. Um, the only thing is is that it hurts your, de- your bench unit because your bench just can't defend as well when you have, like you said, Powell, Wall, Jackson, Moses Brown, guys coming off the bench in the second quarter, you're going to lose. And so... They've got to figure out a way that at all times, I think that one of Batum or Zoo has to be on the floor. And Zoo is incredible today. I mean, you look at his numbers, and I would have thought for sure they would have won the game, 17 points, 18 rebounds. But going back to Team Man, he plays 34 minutes, and normally he's a plus, but he was actually a minus four. And I still think that that starting lineup is very similar to what you want to see at the end of a game because you don't need a typical point guard at the end of the ball game because it's going to run through PG and Kawhi no matter what even if you have a good point guard I mean the two guys are going to be the ones with the hand in their uh the ball in their hands and you have Batum for spacing the floor same with Marcus Morris and you have Zoo for rim protection and providing something down low so you take out man for PG and you've got a pretty good lineup there now the question is um that goes hand in hand with our guard conversation so the Clippers I mean it makes 
total sense. They probably have to trade somebody here because they have too many guards. And then at the end of the game, the Clippers went with Kawhi, Powell, Mark, Mark, uh, Marcus, Nico, and Zoo. So Powell in place of man. And I'm not sure um, everyone's calling for man to play. I'm not sure if starting Powell made sense in that respect when they were already getting the points they needed. Maybe you have more defense and more athleticism with man than Powell, and that would have made a difference. Um, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on the starters and what that means for the guard position and the way they closed? Because you can make a case that they should have closed with team man instead of Powell in this one because they need a defense more than offense. I think you're right. It, it's a great point. They essentially did the inverse of the lineups because that T-Man, Zoo, Senior, and you can you can say PG, Leonard, Batum, that's a lineup you want to protect your seven-point lead going into the final stretch. And, you know, obviously they'll get some buckets, but it's not a spark plug lineup. It's something to maintain, to handle a game, to control pace, and, and to sort of dictate your will onto the game. Whereas with Norm Powell in... Um, at the end of the game, that sort of, if you need like a scoring punch, even though it was three of 13 from the field, but that's, that's fine. I mean, that, that happens. So what, what it means for the guard situation is frankly, these guards, the Reggie, who played eight minutes, um, John Wall played 22 and wasn't very impressive. And, I hate to keep harping on it. I love John Wall, and I, I, I seem like this like John Wall hater every episode, but he's just not bringing it as as far as I'm concerned. And you know, Norm's a spark plug bench guy, but the guard situation—I hate to use the word dire—but we've lost six in a row. It's not the Clippers are now 500, 21 and 21. Something something's got to change, and that that starting lineup to me is a lineup you close with. You don't necessarily need to to start with. Listen, I know right now it's not looking great for the Clippers to win the NBA title, but if you want to get some good odds for the Clippers to get those guys back and win some money, head over to my bookie. Which team has the best shot? We think it's the Clippers, obviously. Well, gotta tell you, if Kawhi and PG are back, I love those odds. If futures aren't your thing, it's been profitable betting player props this season, thanks to Anth. Anthony Davis, yeah, I know, Anthony Davis, he's a Laker, and Steph Curry. Regardless of what you're betting on, cash in and cash out quick with my bookie using the promo code ETHOS when you make your first deposit. E-T-H-O-S, ETHOS. You heard that right. My bookie will spot you extra cash with your deposit, minimum $45, but you can claim the bonus all the way up to 2000 You heard me, 2000 Turn game day into payday when you bet with my bookie. Yeah, and listen, the Clippers now are at 500, which is not good. And, I mean, for all the talk that we have had about the Clippers being contender, and you and I have said on this podcast, and I said very strongly we cannot consider them a contender because they can't stay healthy. And then they go and they look really good for a couple games, and they suck us in, and then they fall apart again. And right now the Clippers are 21-21, and and they're a not good team. I mean, it's it's as simple as that. And if the playoffs were to start today, I believe they're a play-in team. And let's also put something out there that with how many games PG and Kawhi have missed, to be just, what, half a game back or be tied for that six or seven spot right now um, isn't bad. 
But you look at Golden State and Phoenix, who are right behind you, and Golden State's going to get Steph Curry back at some point. Phoenix, you would think, would get Booker back at some point. Chris Paul did get hurt. Who knows how long he's going to be out. He's day-to-day. Maybe Minnesota figures out whatever they're going to do, and they're going to get Towns back at some point. So you got to figure out what's going to happen here. Um, and hopefully, I mean, listen, the Clippers could be – it could be way worse. They could be right now outside looking in. But for all the stuff that we talk about the Lakers – I mean, the Clippers have the same number of losses as the Lakers. That, that's bad, man. That, that's not good. And you wonder what, what's going to happen now if the Clippers are going to make a move because it certainly feels like they may have to. Are they 21 and, and 20, by the way, or 21 and 21? I feel like they're 21. So Clippers are 21 and 21. Yeah, okay. 500. Uh, it, technically in sixth if the playoffs were to start today, but that's only because the Warriors are 20 and 20. Yeah, okay. Uh, Phoenix is 20 and 21, as are the T Wolves. The Lakers are 19 and 21. They've won five in a row. Put that next to the Clippers losing six in a row. And then, even, and just when you were talking about that, to go back to the starting lineup. So, I, when the game started, it looked fun. Like, they actually did look like they were having some fun on the court, which is not exactly what you see with the Clippers um, recently. Even towards the end of this game, it, they're, they're lethargic a little bit. It just looks like they're not just enjoying what they're doing out on the court. The the, the starting five did look like they were having fun together. They were mo- they were zipping the ball around. They were moving. So I don't I, I don't know if that plays into like if when the bench unit comes on, if there's a if, if the confidence drops, if the chemistry drops, whatever the case may be, it doesn't look that great on the floor. So it it's the the vibes are not what we would have hoped to be right now. The record's not what we would have hoped to be right now. Sure, it could be worse, but it could very darn well be better because losing six in a row, we we could have gone three and three. We, you know, yeah. the, the Indiana game, the, the Miami game back, in the, like there's there's a couple of things that could have swung the Clippers' way as well. Um, we're going to be getting some quotes um, from Ty Lu throughout this podcast because we st- hit record legitimately right when this game ended. And Ty Lue was asked about the starting lineup change, and he said, I like it. Just defensively, we're really good. Still learning how to play with team at the point guard position. Overall, I thought it was pretty good. And that makes sense because you're starting the game the way that you may want to finish it, and you want to provide some defensive energy and some juice. And so if team man is that point guard, then you certainly would think that Reggie Jackson, John Wall, surplus. I mean, you can't have both of them. It, I, don't, I think it just makes Tyloo's job way too hard having all these guys in the roster because PG's going to come in and the question is who's is he going to start for and what does that mean is he going to start for Batum and maybe Batum comes off the bench and provides a little bit of stability defensively to that bench unit because I think that's what's going to need to happen man is I think the defense just needs to be so much better for the bench unit and I think Batum probably is a big part of that and Tyloo said the team has a plan in place to manage its guard rotation when Luke Kennard is back healthy. And that'll be interesting and and what that means. And he also was asked, I'm getting these literally right as I'm talking, he was asked about not playing the three-guard lineup in the second half, and if that's done, he essentially said, yeah, it's done, according to Tomer Azarly, saying they'll need to keep finding combinations that work. So I think today, the first half with those three guards was the last straw. So perhaps as bad as this game was and how much it hurts to lose six in a row, 
maybe this is when Ty Lue finally flips the switch. And Justin Wilson was talking about that on the last podcast that he was on with me, that Ty Lue's going to have to cut somebody's head off at some point here, which means that he's going to have to bench somebody and hurt some feelings. And it feels like that's going to happen starting now, Matt. It's going it's to have to be a tough decision. They're, they're, uh, the guillotine needs to come out uh, ASAP because like, like, like you and Justin, like you were talking about, it's not about feelings at this point. Not everybody can get the minutes that they they want or they think they deserve. Unfortunately, the rotation's gonna have to shrink. You and I have talked about that quite a bit mm-hmm. on this podcast. And ha- hearing Ty Lue say that the three guard rotation perhaps that's the end of it. That's great to hear. Speaking of Luke Kennard coming in um, in the guard rotation, he is more of a swing guy anyway. So. That doesn't necessarily alleviate my fears about what's happening in the guard rotation. Sure, he's played great. Um, we'll, we'll see how that one all plays out. I'd, I'd much rather have him on the court than a couple of the guys playing right now. But I don't know. I, I, I'm i actually kind of hearkening back to a podcast I wasn't on. I believe it was you and Justin, actually. My, my panic meter is is now <laughs> rising pretty yeah. Pretty heavily in 2023. I'm back on panic meter mode. I, I I I didn't I didn't retire the panic meter, but it was resting. It was it was sipping on a cup of uh, peppermint tea. Hmm. Uh, not really, you know, enjoying the the rain that happened at New Year's. The rain is gone. I can see clearly, and the panic meter is back. Brandon, understandable, and it's interesting because after seeing that Ty Lu said he's going to have to manage this three guard lineup and ditch it. Um, I'm actually a little more positive than I was coming into this podcast. And then it seems like finally Ty Lue has kind of recognized what the mistakes are that he's been making with these rotations and that maybe he's ready to make some changes. And yes, they've lost six in a row. And I think it was a major mistake playing PG in that Denver game. There was zero reason you should be playing a guy with a hamstring injury. The game after he gets hurt there was absolutely no need for that and he has now missed the next two games since and you wonder uh, does he miss the Dallas game I think it would make a lot of sense for him to miss that game because then you get a couple more days rest and then you don't play again until Friday against Denver that being said if you don't have PG against Luka you you're, you're in trouble probably if you only have Kawhi now who knows I mean the Clippers have played Dallas well um, I don't know if that means that they'll play Dallas well continuing going forward. I mean, they have now, they played them earlier this year at Dallas and lost 103-101. What that means when they play them at home, who knows? But I think you should probably get PG back, I would assume, by Friday and incorporate them in there. And I really will be interested to see what that means for the starting lineup. And more importantly, what does that mean for the rotations? And I think that you need to make a tough call now. And I think that you and I have talked about the starting lineup and the closing lineup. The closing lineup of Kawhi, Powell, Marcus, Nico, and Zoo, I think it's a really easy swap. I think you take out Powell, you put in PG. Kawhi, PG, Zoo, and Nico, I think, are four guys that you need to have on the floor to end the ball game because you need to have Zoo on there. You need to have Zoo on the floor to get the rebounds and to be that defensive presence and to get some offensive looks as well and then Nico is just damn good we've talked about him possibly being that number three clipper behind Kawhi and PG we've also talked about with Zoo and then you have Kawhi and PG who are automatic so it's that Marcus slot and if Marcus is having a bad game then maybe you have T-Man in there 
or maybe you have Luke Kennard in there. But I think for sure the four guys that need to close are Zoo, Batum, PG, and Kawhi. Would you agree? And and I would agree 100%. And look to Batum, just speaking to the Dallas game, he played 29 minutes tonight. Look look for him to play if, if, if foul trouble doesn't play a role, even though he had five tonight. Look for him to play... 27 to even 33 minutes because i i see him on luca a lot because i don't i don't know necessarily pg will play i don't think it's a good idea for him to play after he pinged a hammy probably a better idea for him to rest so i think batum's going to be on luca a lot but that those four guys to close out a game speaking of batum Kawhi, zoo and paul george when healthy that's going to be the key right there and i really really do think that zoo just the way we saw tonight he's able to clean up mistakes he's able to just just add something that nobody else in at obviously nobody else on the team can it's going to be key going down the stretch and if that fifth is senior if that fifth is powell i know you and i really wish it could be covington doesn't seem like it's going to be that way or if it's somebody you know if it's a player x who may come at the trade deadline we don't know yeah, I mean, if they're going to go ahead and they're going to have T-Man as the point guard in this team, and this is something that they really want to do, then that means that you are finding a way to get man on the floor, which is really important because of what he brings energy-wise and just athleticism. So if you have man, Kawhi, PG, Nico, Zoo, um, as your closing lineup, I'm totally fine with that. And maybe you have... Um, Marcus obviously in there at some point you have Luke like I said but what we're doing is we're talking about guys and we're not talking about Reggie Jackson we're not talking about John Wall and I think the Clippers need to make a tough decision and get rid of one of them because there's no point in having both those guys on this roster and it's possible that they even trade a guy like Norman Powell Um, I I could see a Powell Wall Morris um, deal for somebody bigger, but like I talked to, um, I think it was with you that if you make a trade, all of a sudden you got to incorporate someone new and you only have so much time left. I mean, you're halfway through the season and you're already having a hell of a time trying to figure out your rotations and what works and what doesn't work. And you bring in somebody new and you got to figure that out. And so if the Clippers are going to make a trade, Matt, I really think they need to do it sooner rather than later, because I think they need to have as much time as possible with whoever their new player or players are instead of waiting till the last minute in February in the deadline and having way less day- games because the Clippers only play 21 games after the All-Star break. So I think you need to make the the trade sooner rather than later if you're going to make one. Yeah, and, and you that we did talk about that, and you said, and I said it's like a pick your poison. Do, do you want to roll with, the, with who you have now and it's not mm-hmm. necessarily working, or do you want to bring somebody in that can add something that that we don't ha- that the Clippers don't necessarily have right now, and that I think we had that conversation on like New Year's Day. Yeah, we talked about it. Yeah, and so we've lost a bunch of games since then. So I'm even more, <laughs> I'm even more um, into the into the idea of trading, and 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 I hate to do it, and you've been a proponent, but I got, I got to take my heart out of it. We got to. It has going to have to be Jackson Wall, maybe senior, like guys that we've 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 come to to know and love. But look, it's it's just not working right now, and 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 to wait 
to the trade deadline, like you're saying, could be a detriment because that's just that's way too close to the playoffs. Just get something going as soon as a deal can be done. Now, if other teams are receptive to it, who knows? But at least put the feelers out there and start start investigating now. If you're the Clippers, if you're the front office, because yeah, it, we've we've mentioned John Wall, Reggie Jackson, Norm Powell in barely at all in this in this in this conversation because they you know Powell played 31 minutes but he didn't really have much of an impact I mean yeah he did have 14 points but he had the most impact of the three of them John Wall 22 minutes that's that's a that's a pretty absent 22 minutes Reggie Jackson just eight so Mm -hmm. the the guards like my friend Adam said the guards must be crazy because this this is not not quite working at the moment and we didn't even mention Rocco and he continues to be an odd man out and not part of the rotation and so perhaps he's someone that gets dealt and it's weird because you would think he'd be a big part of what teams do but this is now another team that is possibly willing to get rid of him Houston Philadelphia you wonder what it is because he provides so much defensively and he can spread the floor but it's just I guess an excess piece in this lineup and Ty, by the way, was asked if Reggie's the odd man out now. He said, no, tonight it was Reggie tomorrow. It could be someone else. When you lose five games in a row, you want to try different things. So who knows what it means for the odd man out next game, but the odd man out can't be Terrence man. And I think that it's a positive that he started because that perhaps means that Ty Lue's trying to find different ways to get him on the floor where previously that wasn't the case where he wasn't playing the point guard position. It was one of, John Wall or Luke Kennard um, or Reggie Jackson that was on the floor. Perhaps now Team Man has stepped in front of those guys. But who knows? I mean, things can change so quickly with this team. I'm just interested to see what this Clippers team looks like when they're healthy with PG back. And it's so frustrating that we have to continue prefacing it like that because this team can't stay healthy. I mean, one game it's Luke. One game it's PG. One game it's Kawhi. Batum finally back healthy. And... Who knows what this team's going to look like next week? So we'll see. We'll see. But it really feels like they need to make a trade and get rid of some of these guys because you're not playing Robert Covington. You're not playing Reggie Jackson today. John Wall, who knows if you need him. Luke Kennard didn't play today. It just feels like they've got too many guys, and that was a problem coming in, but we knew it wasn't a problem for the regular season because they have so many guys getting hurt that you're going to want to have those replacements there but now it feels like this team that even though you want the replacements there there's too much jockeying back and forth with rotations and minutes and guys aren't getting comfortable and that's been a detriment to this team despite how nice it is to have that depth I think it's been more of a detriment right now with these guys going in and out and having different roles in this offense so we'll see but I, I I'm cautiously optimistic that Ty Lue's figuring it out but at the same time they've lost six in a row so who knows and yeah, Brandon, if we're not careful, it's not going to be like, what's this team going to look like next week? It's like, what's this team going to look like next season? We're, yeah. we're, we're, we're not too far away from that, that scenario, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Now I feel, I don't know if I feel good or bad about this. I, I, you know, you and I are simpatico on a lot, but I feel like usually I'm a little bit more optimistic than you are. It seems like I'm now the Debbie Downer down in the dumps here and I'm, I'm, I'm ready to hear, I, I'm happy to hear your guarded optimism on what's happening because I am 
I'm not in a good I'm not in a good mental state about this team right now, Brandon. I'll be honest with you. And that's understandable. I think my guard optimism is that it, Ty Lue is saying the right things right now, and also this team should be nowhere close to a playoff position, and they are, and they're right there with a chance to go on a little bit of a winning streak and get into a top five seed. Hell, I'll take the sixth spot at this point. I don't care. I'll gladly take the sixth spot. You know my feelings about being in that play-in tournament. So I'll take the sixth spot and just ride with that and see where the Clippers go from there. But it's not easy going forward. So you look at what the schedule is, and they've got four more home games. And you have to win three of the next four. I don't care. Dallas, Denver, Houston, Philadelphia. There's no reason why you can't win three of four. I think you need to win the Dallas game. I think you need to win the Houston game. And you need to take one of those Denver or Philly games and figure it out from there. At worst, go two and two. Head on the road, go at Utah, San Antonio, Dallas, and the Lakers, and take three of four from that group and just get start getting some wins. Uh, if you continue to play 500 ball and you continue to split these series, I think that's that's not great, but it's not bad. And we've talked about how the schedule is not easy for this team. I mean, you look at what they're doing in February. They're going to face Milwaukee on the road. They're going to face Brooklyn on the road. Then you get Milwaukee and Golden State at home. You go to Phoenix. You go to Denver. I mean, there aren't very many days off now on this schedule. So the Clippers have to win games when they're able to, and that's why losing a game like this at home against an Atlanta team that hasn't been very good when you have an 11-point lead is really tough. And it's easy to be in that mental state that you're in, to not be optimistic because they're losing games they shouldn't, and they're putting themselves in a pretty big hole. And let's be honest, the if they continue to play like this, they're going to be in that playing tournament and who knows what will happen then and what that means for the future of Kawhi and PG on this team. But it really feels like something needs to change in this team. And I think the first change is Ty Lue possibly recognizing that he's got to figure out that point guard position. He's got too many guards in his team and kind of go from there and perhaps a trade is next, but slowly, but surely. And it feels like it's a little bit too late to say slowly, but surely in January, Perhaps, though, maybe just in time. I don't know. Slowly, and as my guy Leslie Nielsen said, don't call me Shirley. Hmm. But I will say, so, yeah, it's great. Like I've said this before, Ty Lue is the king of adjustments. It's hard. It's very hard to watch the in-season adjustments happen because the season is so long. In a playoff series, it's seven games. After one or two games, the adjustments are made. After a full season or, or midway through the season, I think we're not sure we're exactly at the midway point for the Clippers, right? 40, 21 and 21 would be 42. Or so, Well, a little bit over. Yeah, I mean, basically a halfway bit point. One game over. Essentially at the, at, the, at the midway point. So if the adjustments are made, let's hope for that. I, I do think a trade is going to be in the works. Clippers have made a lot of trades. Uh at and towards the deadline over the over the past few years, especially under the bomber administration. What what's interesting about the next four games? And you said we can't lose. We we have to go three and three and four at at the very least. And I, yeah, three and one win three of four. Or three of four. They're all at home. There's no back to backs. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any reason. Like we that yeah we have to win three of the four of them. I I, I agree with you on that. Like I'm I'm looking at it now. I know the one against the Rockets is in the afternoon, trap game for the Clippers, but 
let's get this one anyway. It's against the Rockets, for goodness sakes. Yeah, and the Clippers, by the way, had 21 offensive rebounds today um, and out-rebounded Atlanta 59-43 to and still lost. They had six more shots. It's just that the Hawks shot 49% today, um, and your defense just has to be better than that. And the rebounding was really good, especially on the offensive glass, and that's why I hate when the Clippers take out Zoo for offensive possessions when they think they – need points because Zoo gives you second chances. I mean, Marcus Morris hit a couple of threes, and one of those was a massive three after an offensive rebound by Zoo. And the Clippers keep getting these offensive opportunities because of Zoo and because of Terrence Mann. I mean, T-Mann was was third on the team in rebounds behind Moses Brown. He had eight. And I want to shout out Zoo in the game that he had. In 37 minutes, he was a plus six. The Clippers lost by four, which means that the Clippers outscored the Hawks by 10 with him on the floor. 17 points, 18 rebounds. He was fantastic. And this is what happens when you play Zoo big minutes. And Marcus Morris hit some really big shots. He had a really nice defensive game. Two steals and a block. A massive block on a Kongwu. He hit some big shots. Didn't shoot great, six of 16. But he had 15 points, six rebounds. Really liked the way he played today. Um, so Zoo and Morris were good. Kawhi, 9 of 23, not great, but still got was aggressive and got some big points. And like we said, we've talked about all podcasts, how important Terrence Mann is. 14 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals, only 1 turnover as a starting point guard, which is outstanding. I mean, you look at turnovers, and in this game, Clippers turned it over 11 times, Atlanta turned over 9. I mean, 11 times you'll take in a game. That's not It's not awful. So the bench unit wasn't great in the second quarter. That helped them. I mean, that hurt them. But I really liked the games today um, by Man, Morris, and Zoo. I thought the three of them were guys that we certainly should shout out on this podcast. And I agree. I, I, anytime I get a chance to talk about Zoo and Batum, I, I will do it because they're. Yeah, and I mean, they're they're they're, they're, they're uh, like you said, you you can't say enough about what Zoo did tonight. I mean, it, seventeen and eighteen, but just being so active. I mean, ten, or excuse me, eight of his uh, eighteen rebounds on the offensive glass is is crazy, and T Man seven <laughs> of his eight rebounds were on the offensive glass. Yeah, I mean, and it's obvious to see. I mean, you could tell that Zoo was great in the offensive glass and how good he was and how good Team Man was and how high he was getting. Um, and yeah, Patum, I mean, his defense is always there. And he didn't put up numbers offensively, but his defense was there. I just was really impressed with Marcus. I thought he had a really good defensive game. Um, and it showed in the stats as well. So you pair that with Zoo and what we saw from uh, Team Man. And I thought that it was a good game from those guys. So just wanted to shout them out because you and I have talked about the starting lineup and the closing lineup. And we mentioned Zoo and how he needs to be in there. We mentioned Batum needs to be in there and how Morris is a guy that could, could not be in there. So who knows? And man could, could, could not be in there. But those two guys certainly earned what they did today. And hopefully those two um, are important to what the Clippers do during forward because I really think they're going to be. So we'll see. That that's, that's all I've got to say. Anything else you want to add? That's pretty much all I have for this game and the yeah. and the six game losing streak. I'm really hoping, obviously, that we turn it around. Um, I I guess just one random aside, mm-hmm. because we talk about it's not nicknames but actual names. I was flip I flipped back um, because I could stream the Suns uh, Blazers game 
sorry, not Blazers, uh, the Suns game earlier, earlier this evening. And uh, Jock Landau, hmm. are, are you familiar with him? Yes. Uh, I thought his name, or, or Suns Cavaliers, excuse me. I thought his name was Land Landau, like Landau Carizian. It's Landale. Hmm. Um, and I'm sure I'm the only person everybody knows is Landale. I guess if you know Jock Landale, but I'm not a big I, I, I'm not a big Suns guy. Yeah, not he's a, not a big fan of the team. Don't follow him very closely. Yeah. So Landale. There you go. Fun fact. What a way to end the pod with some yeah. pronunciation um, from Matt Matt Warren. So there you go. Who, who am I to speak of, of uh, last names? <laughs> at Matt Matta Warren on Twitter. I'm at BD Marcus. Of course, Ethos Clippers is the Twitter handle for the podcast. And if you can rate and review the podcast, it's always huge. We appreciate it. Um, we always appreciate our listeners. And we're really glad that we're still talking Clippers basketball in 2023. And as doom and gloom as it might seem, I think that there are bright days ahead. Um, which the team just needs to get healthy. And hopefully they make a move. Um, to try and figure out this guard mess, but we'll see what they do. And it really starts on Tuesday and see what they do um, in Tuesday's game, because you and I have said how important that game is and they'll take on the Mavericks at seven 30 and uh, we'll have a podcast at some point um, after that ball game between that game on Tuesday and the game on Friday. So stay tuned for that. And I think that is about it. Matt, Matt, Warren, Thank you once again for joining me, my friend. It's a pleasure. Thank you, as always, for having me. For Matt, I'm Brandon. Until next time, go Clips. Go Clips. listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel and i'm rebecca we're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say didn't see that coming and we hate the people responsible for them listen to people are the worst now on apple spotify or wherever you get your podcasts